Okay. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome in. This is Coach V. I'm here with Coach JD. Um, and we will be talking about the PNTT group, the uh, Johnson group. So in the Johnson group, we have Ann Arbor, the defending champs, uh, Yuma, Clemson, and Reno. Um, I mean, what can you say? The defending champs were just really solid. Um, they won the NTT, they won the PNTT, and uh, they got a really, really good team. And, you know, they lose they lose their point guard. They lose a really solid player in, uh, in uh, Tucker Johnson. But, you know, um, other than that, and Tucker Johnson, you know, he, he provided a lot. Him and Anthony Baker were the highest in uh, – well, and then Tucker were also, yeah, the highest in uh, – plus minus with plus 18, you know, he was kind of, he was just a defender point guard played really well for them. Um, and then he lost two NAs and he brings in just three solid players, you know, that can fit in and he's got to figure out how to handle all that talent. Um, it doesn't look like they drop off too much. And if anything, they might gain some stuff from uh, last year. What do you think coach? Yeah, I mean, they, you know, Tucker Johnson on his own is not a star player, but like you mentioned, he, he fit this team really well. I mean, he was uh, he, he was capable of knocking down open shots, um, distributing a little bit, not elite, but could could distribute, you know, a little bit. Um, but yeah, the defense, I mean, this is a team that it, it, they're built on defense. I mean, opponents shot under 39% against them. And uh, I imagine that though that will continue. Um they're bringing back the majority of their scoring, and uh, and the freshmen coming in, you know, are are definitely no slouches in that department. So, the, I mean, the only question really is who is going to step in and, and be the you know next point guard for them. Um, their backup point guard last year was Garrett Lowe, who's six foot eight. Um, and it's not ideal to have you know that tall of a of a point guard, even if he, I'm sure he has good hands. Um, so, do they? shifts like you know baker uh down to to point guard do do one was one of the freshmen come in and um you know they don't appear to be great distributors but um you know McMinn, i mean his stats are kind of similar to what uh tucker johnson's were you know with uh hitting open shots can pass a little bit can play some defense so i'm sure they have some good options to step in you know maybe they're not quite as good as last year but i still think they're gonna be really good yeah, so for Ann Arbor, they have on their team a six six, two three threes, two two twos, or no, three two twos and two one ones. Um, and that might make some of you jealous. Uh, I, I would be one of those people that is jealous of all those guys on their team. But uh, you got to start questioning. I mean, you know, it's not it's not a Duluth like run of ties, but you know, man, there's some teams out there that just keep on seeming to break a ton, a ton of ties. Um, and Ann Arbor is definitely one of those teams. And um, yeah, it, it's something that, you know, if for a while there, they're everyone's darlings, you know, and obviously Bradley's a lot more uh, gracious on the message boards than Porter. Uh, but um, he, I, he's starting to get some, I think he's starting to get some haters like coming out of the woodworks too. So something to think about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, jealousy is uh, not something that people wear well. And uh, 
Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, how, how many, how often have uh, any of us been in the spot where, you know, we have a couple ties, we really need to hit that last tie to have like a really good NTT contender and, and you have like this really great player and he's a 2-2, maybe even a 1-1 mm-hmm. and he doesn't go your way, right? And then yeah. you, your, your team has that hole in the lineup and you're a good team, but you don't have that last guy to put you over the top. And I mean, I'd, I'd imagine there's probably a, at least a dozen coaches every year that experience that. And I know I've experienced that more than a few times. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I've always felt I was one. I'll always look back to the guy I once said I was an 80% chance of winning, you know, a tie on cause he was an E plus, you know, winning, you know, preference recruit, uh, Benjamin McLean, who was like a multi all league player. Um, you know, those are some of the heydays of my Clearwater teams, and that was one really good guard away. You know, and he picked a team I think was in the DTT. You know, the previous year. You know, as a you know over our perennial NTT team, I always look back like that's the one tie. If that would have went my way, maybe I actually would finally win a title with, uh, yeah. with Clearwater. But you know, that's just my story. There's other stories like it. We're talking yeah. about winning ties here. Um, yeah, they have a deep team. You win those ties, you have players that other teams wanted, and uh, that means you're going to have some some lineup combinations to work with. And uh, I think uh, Ann Arbor has definitely had a lot more recruiting success than the other teams in this group. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and it's just one of those things, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, it's just math, you know, and sometimes the numbers don't go your way, and we get worked up about it, but um, it's a fun game, and it's just <laughs> – like yeah. I said, it's just math. It's like sometimes the percentages go your way, but it's just odds, and you know that happens. Some uh, people win big in Vegas. Other people, uh, you know, have to get divorced with how much money they lost. So, <laughs> yeah. So the second team is Reno. Reno lost their three eight class. They lose Zachary Richardson. They lose Henry Jones, and they lose Jermaine Collins, and they replaced it with the two sixteen two twenty class. And that's just gonna. That's going to be hard, you know. They're not going to fall off completely because they still have guys like Eric Eric Reese and uh, Colby McDonald. Um, but you know, it's going to be it's going to be a little tough sledding for them, I think, um, this year for sure. What do you think about this team? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, hard hard is an understatement, right? Whenever you're losing a top ten class and you get a a 200 group. I mean, that's just uh, it's such a devastating turn, especially mm-hmm. in, in League 31 when it's so hard to to get up yeah. into the levels and uh, and get a class like that, and um, you know maybe not being able to build on it afterwards, right? So maybe hit a couple ties in that 3-8 class, and then the next couple of classes there weren't, uh, you know, maybe one tie in the junior class. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of success afterwards. So. Yeah, they're gonna have to replace some scoring. Uh, Richardson and Jones, you know, provided what thirty-five points a game for them, and there's no obvious guy to step in and become a go-to scorer for them. I mean, Glazer, seven and a half points off the bench, and you know, a little bit more than regular backup minutes at, at backup point guard. So, um, is he capable of coming in at shooting guard and providing fourteen, fifteen points a game? I don't know. Um, Anthony Curry averaged almost 19 a game as a as a small power forward. Looks like he plays pretty good defense. So while this class is in the 200s, Curry seems like he might be a, an all right player and uh, someone who's going to come into the starting lineup. So maybe the other guys. I, I mean, Culberson at least looks like plays defense. Um, you know, McGee, nothing really jumps out there. So I don't know. 
I'm, I'll be really curious to see why this is really like a 200 plus group as a whole. Mm-hmm. But just looking statistically, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're that bad. And Curry at least seems like a guy I would be yeah. happy about. I mean, just purely looking at statistics. But um, it might yeah. be the hands. Sometimes, you know, you get a player with a bad hands. Like he's got point one assists. Yeah. Like I could see those being none hands or poor hands. And sometimes, but I think the magazines overrate that stat- statistic personally. Yeah, I agree. I bet that there there could easily be like a that could be like a minus four hands group right there for sure, which brings everything down. Curry's a guy that yeah, you're gonna have to tell him just to to not pass. Just you get the ball and a little bit of a window, he you gotta shoot. So uh, as long as you can set him up like that, you know that can kind of carry on. But but yeah, you're losing a lot of talent. Probably some guys who had really well rounded games, and uh, it's gonna make an impact. And um, no one has to tell Cheese that you know anymore. He <laughs> he knows it already. Um, but yeah, w- within this group, I still think there's enough uh, talent there to compete. I mean, they're not going to compete with Ann Arbor, but you know, everyone else is playing for second place, and um, you know, they're at least in a, a decent spot as anyone to to shoot for that. Yeah, and you and you need those wins, especially when you're in conference 27. You know, you're gonna have to play Bakersfield. You're gonna have to play Inglewood. You're gonna have to play um, Fremont. You know, Glendale's getting better. It's the schedule doesn't get necessarily easier once you get out of the PNTT. So, yeah. um, next up, the other half of the Dairy Duel, we got Yuma, favorite deputy. Um, they brought on the 162-162 class, replacing the 222-225 class. So it's kind of nice that you don't have to – I mean, you can worry about getting rid of a pretty bad class, you know, uh, one and a uh, two guys that, you know, played a little bit off the bench. You know, you look at this class, you got William Williams, um, who shot pretty efficiently on low, low shots, but still had 55.4, 7.9 rebounds, 4.9 assists. Um, he looks like he can do quite a bit of things um, fairly well. You know, he, he looks like a solid, like, big or backup big. And, you know, Yuma's a decent team. They, they surprised some people in the uh, PNTT last year making the playoffs. And they bring back five starters, so you got to like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, you got these you got these three guys, you know. looks like all of them can play a little defense. And, um, yeah, what do you think about this team? Yeah, I mean, they're, they obviously have David Mattingly in the post, who um, is a major offensive threat. He um, doesn't shoot the greatest um, percentage, you know, because they rely on him to score and um, sometimes scoring in the post is, is difficult. Um, but uh, yeah, as you mentioned, they're, they're bringing back, you know, they're at least bringing back the group they had that was, uh, you know, finished the season at, you know, 61st overall and you know one seed in the PTT. So there's some talent there to work with and, you know, at least be a, a fringe and TT team and they're going to be a deeper group. I mean, uh, losing a, a 200 class, you know, that there's not a lot of, I mean, two of those, well, one of those guys was an NA player, and two guys were backups, maybe because of height as much as anything else. Um, you, know, you mentioned Williams, who can maybe come in and you know handle one of those backup forward, you know, backup power forward spot. And um, Anthony Cornett kind of looks like a guy that is um, just a you know at least a backup you know guy that doesn't hurt you. Um, you know, he rebounds. Um, he has he has bad hands. You know. But you know he'll play some defense. Reeves, if if he's good enough to come into the lineup, he can't score. Hands may be okay, but play some defense. So 
at least there's some skills. You know, you have to kind of mix and match these guys a little bit. But you know, overall on talent, they should be you know, a little bit more than what they had last year. And you know, we'll see if that's enough to push them from you know one seed in the PTT to the NTT. Yeah, for sure. Um, the last group in this team, or the last <laughs> team in this group is uh, Clemson. So Clemson brought in the 182-113 class, replacing the 128-142 class. And it looks like Matthew Johnson's a really solid player playing point guard in high school. Shot very pretty efficiently, um, 47.3 from the field, uh, 33 on six three-pointers a game, got to the line four times, only made it 70%, but he got 26 points. Uh, point guard, he can, he can defend, he can assist, and he's probably what makes up that um, – Decent size uh, difference in the 182-113 class for the Hardwood and uh, Sherwood Hoops. Yeah, it seems like he probably is the guy that is a, a pretty solid guy with the other two, you know, not being so great. Uh, and Clemson's in, in in my conference, so I, I, I they, I'm sure they probably posted about their recruits and what they're looking for. I just don't remember off the top of my head what what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have some decent guys. Charles Griffin is a guy that they you know, beat me for in recruiting. Um, they had Daniel Woods who had a really solid season as a, as a freshman center. Um, you know, not, not the strongest defensively, but 18 and 10, you, you'll take almost every team in the country will, will take that. So um, just purely looking at talent or across the board, I mean, they're over a hundred on average um, with each of their classes, but there's at least a couple pieces here that are, that are decent. And um you know, they lose Bradley Riddle, who wasn't a big scorer, but he, he played really strong defense, and, and Dalton Lucas as well. So they defended really well on the wing, and uh, that's obviously going to take a step back with uh, with this group. So Matthew Johnson's definitely better than either of those guys. You know, he plays good defense. We'll see if it's as good as the guys that are going out. Um, but they're going to need someone else to kind of step up, and um, or we'll see if the offense Johnson brings can offset the, the defense going out. Yeah, so I'm looking at the board. He brought in Matthew Johnson, who was a 3-3. He said he can definitely score over 25 points a game. It's hard to find footage from though, so hopefully the stats don't lie. He lost out on a 1-1 on Colin Peterson, a big man. Lost out on a 4-4 on Stephen Stephen. Um, Stephen Stephen, or Stephen Stephen. And then a 6-6 on Giorgio McCloyd. Uh, he said Riddle was, um, he developed into a good secondary scoring threat, but nothing great nothing poor either. Um, and then Don Lucas was more of the glue guy that kind of held everything together. So it'll be, it'll be interesting for them. I mean, Stefan Stefan really helps them and gives them some punch that they didn't currently have in um, a little bit of a complimentary piece to their two big men down there. Um, but uh, you know, they're, they're going to be lacking for a little height, which they were this year still. And uh yeah, I, I mean, I think they can compete with Human Reno for sure. Um, you know, we're on another level, though. Yeah, they'll have three really solid offensive players with Griffin, Woods, and and Johnston. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll probably shoot for bigs again in this next class. And you know, ideally, you get Griffin to uh, maybe down to small forward and um, get a maybe a, a rim protector in there, and, and Woods can move down to power forward. But um, uh, but yeah, that's every team in League Thirty One has a, a situation where they're they're hoping to get a guy that helps them balance their roster out a little bit. You mm-hmm. you play with the the hands that the the RNG gives you, and 
Um, but yeah, there's there, there's talent here. I mean, the, you're you're this is the the fourth seed in the group, but um, you know, there's three good players right there. At least three really good offensive players, and Presley knows how to get them the ball. So. Um, yeah, there's definitely enough to work with as far as, you know, competing for second place in this group. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we've already alluded to it, but, uh, you know, Ann Arbor looks like they're going to run away with this group. I'd be shocked if they didn't, you know, run away with it. I, I don't see them losing a game in group, out of group. They do play Montpelier, New York City, um, Huntsville. All three of those teams are solid teams. Like Montpelier beat them last year. I think they could give them a run for their money again. And New York City's a solid team for sure with uh, Go OSU at the helm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Ann Arbor is going to win um, win the group. And, yeah, the, the five and one probably at the worst. And, yeah, if they lose one of those, um, you know, out-of-group games. But, yeah, they, they should not lose any of the games in the group. Um and but at the yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how these other three teams come together because they each have something they can point their hat to. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, you know Clemson may have the best combination of higher level players with a uh, couple guys they have, but they may not be as they might lack. You know, Yuma might be a little bit deeper um, as a team without the star power, and uh, you know Reno. You know, we'll have to see how. Um, they're able to fit things together. You know, they're probably the least likely team to get second uh, from the from this group if I had to pick it. But um, it'll be there, there. Should be some interesting games for sure. Yep, for sure. Cool. Um, anything else to share about this group, or feel pretty good? Yeah, nothing. Nothing else jumps out. Um, you know, good luck to the teams uh, chasing Ann Arbor and. Um, yes, good luck to all teams in the uh, PNTT. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much, JD, for coming on and doing this. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get some of the other ones out to you. Um, <laughs> trying to do as many as we can, but, you know, there's a lot of groups. And, uh, yeah, only so much time. So we'll we'll see what we can do. 